What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Sheree Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I'm so happy. This is episode two. Season three has gotten off to a great start. Thank you guys so much for your support. And I'm very, very excited about today's show. I've got a heavy hitter in store. I'm still trying to figure out how I even got him on the line. So I feel very special today. This veteran music industry executive is a respected and influential name in the music industry and beyond. He's held executive roles at major record labels like Motown, Def Jam, and MCA Records, including his tenure as the former executive vice president of Epic Records and the former president of Rock Nation Music. He's been instrumental in positioning the sound and culture of music worldwide by breaking radio hits for superstar artists such as, and I look, no cap, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Kanye West, DJ Khaled, The Roots, Travis Scott, Future, Yo Gotti, and 21 Savage. That's just a few of them. He just released his first memoir. Super excited to check it out. On Impact, Life, Leadership, and Betting on Yourself. He's poised to inspire others by sharing truths that guided him through years of unparalleled success from intern to CEO. Without further ado, Mr. Benny Pugh, it is an honor. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Wow, Cherie, I need you in my life every day because that's amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> but that's the Who cool part. About? Look, you you wrote the bio. I just read it, yeah. but you wrote it. You wrote it. It, it, it is really an honor. And um, we're going to take a step all the way back for those who, who want to know, including me, just more about your, your, your story. Um, did music find you or did you find music? How about that? Music found me. Um, I had no interest in being in the music business. I was a stand-up comic doing college. And the woman who was the regional director of promotions at Motown Records, she hired me for a show. And at the end of the show, she asked me if I wanted to be an intern, be hmm. her intern. I hadn't had any plans, just graduated from college. It's like, yeah, cool, I guess. Didn't even know what an intern was. So then I went down to Motown Records and that's when I actually fell in love with the um, business of music. And that opened my eyes to seeing like, you know, being a consummate sales professional. Like I sold uh, cutlery door to door. I sold um, Citibank's financial products. You know, I did fax machines. I did hardcore sales. So when I got into the music business, I'm like, you guys, this, you know, music is a non-traditional product. So I was like, oh, I can do this. And that's how, you know, I really, really uh, found my way in the music business and fell in love with, you know, changing people's lives from, you know, one week to 12 weeks was when I entered into the business, you really could make a record popular in less than three months. Mm. So the ones that happened, you'd have a big cycle of, you know, turnover of music coming in, people coming in, people um, developing, folks becoming stars. You know, I just want to ask you with, with everything that's going on, you know, we see music, uh, the, the, the tides of music have been turning a lot um, since its inception. But over the last couple of years, especially with this pandemic, we've kind of seen some things change in different ways. People are getting their music distributed. A lot of people going independent, all that kind of stuff. But an overall out, outlook from your side, when you're looking at the scope of music right now, what do you love and what do you like? Eh, I don't like that so much. We need to change that. I still love love songs. I still mm-hmm. love you know, I still love uh, inspirational music. I still love gospel music. I still love R&B music, right? And there's um, 
rap music that I enjoy um, as well, depending on, you know, context and, and lyrics. So, you know, music is, is no different than what it was in the past, except for now it's, um, has its own life of, of exposure that everybody can get to everything whenever they want. We look at this influx of influencers and how that's really turning the dial, how, not only how we consume music, but even who's getting deals, who, who are the artists that we're being exposed to? What is your take on that? And, and I only ask you because I don't necessarily think to some degree that um, everything I'm seeing is, 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 it doesn't feel like music. I'm an old school girl and I'm a firm believer too that R&B is totally not dead, but I just want to get your take on, on influencers and how we're, how we're playing this thing out. What are your thoughts on that? So I think at the, the beginning of this conversation, you told me how old you were. So <laughs> it's, uh, you have to think of it in the time that me being older than you and um, at the age when you were born, uh, there were people who who kind of pushed back on rap music. Yeah. Like, you know, map, rap music for the, you know, Philly international folks or, you know, the people who liked uh, the Motown eras, you know, rap was something that people just didn't automatically adapt and adjust to, but it was what the public wanted. Because I think what we have to really put in context is still commercial, right? At the end of the day, it's it's your choice of what you want versus what you don't want. Now, mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, the this, this shift in society has seemed to move us in the direction of people want more of maybe what the minority doesn't want. But but ideally, you know, it's what you're willing to accept um, or not, both in your personal life and your public life, because what you don't like in the public, you know, we need to really make um, note and notable to the people who can actually control that information or that, you know, um, or that music. So with that in mind, you know, how do you gauge whether somebody is that next person? or whether somebody, you know, is, is bringing a level of creativity musically or something unique that can not only just be something that's fly by night or one hit wonder, but sustain itself for an amount of time. I mean, you look at, you, you've worked with so many artists, the best of the best. I mean, what's your gauge like? Listen, that Genesee Qua is, is, is really intentional. When people walk in as a star, you see that, they have that. Now, ultimately now they have to cultivate that energy, that talent, and move it to its destiny. So having that gift inside of you that now exudes that you can't control, that's the first step of that. And then there are people who, you know, ultimately are, are uh, contrived, right? That yeah. are put together, they get all of the right thing, all the right elements, all the right this, all the right that, all the right that, and the public buys into it. Doesn't make you a star, makes you popular. Right. So mm -hmm. being popular and being a star are two different things. So it just depends on you knowing what's the difference on making someone someone to be popular or a star that's going to be popular. Do you think that artist development is a lost art or do you think it's something that's still happening just now on the scale that that it used to or that people would expect it to happen? It's definitely not on the scale it used to be because in, uh, the art, the labels were very instrumental in artist development. Um, in, in, uh, in the past. Now, that's not really uh, what their forte is. What they want is something packaged to come in and they'll take it to the next level. So uh, not that it's a lost art. It's just a matter of people understanding how to lean into their abilities.
and how to make themselves popular in the space. And so you hinted at just a moment ago about a hit record and, and kind of what that space of, of several weeks kind of looks like being able to take something from its inception all the way to the top. You know, what are some of the main ingredients you would say, you know, artists need to keep in mind when we think about a hit song? Um, it all starts with the music, obviously the structure of the song, um, the team that you you assemble, which is equally important. Having a, a hit is only a hit because it's been exploited. You know, songs that, you, I mean, you could have a record that you feel is a smash, you know, on your computer, but if nobody else knows it's but you, then I guess, right? Yeah. So, you know, having the mechanism and the arm of people who are going to be able to push your vision and your art and your music forward. And radio has changed, you know, over the years. Obviously, it's still a very valuable medium, but, you know, we have streaming and things like that. And so we see some artists sometimes opt to not necessarily push into radio as much and really move into the streaming space and put kind of their eggs in that basket. What are your thoughts on, on the importance of radio, not only for new artists, but just artists in general? They're all important. You know, there are artists that become successful streaming only, no radio. There are artists still careers are are created from radio only, and then they catch up with streaming. They're blended artists through radio and streaming. So there's no one way, but we do know the commerce end of it is gonna be in streaming. Like that's the store. So yeah. ultimately if the commercial end of the music business is gonna be through streaming, then you have to become popular to stream. But that doesn't mean you can't tour. That doesn't right. mean you can't sell merchandise. That doesn't mean you can't create a fan base. You know, but realizing if if monetization is is important, you're going to have to go through the store. You've worked with so many, you know, top tier artists. Is there artists that really impacted you in 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 a way separate from the other artists you work with? This just stands out. I mean, the great ones are great for a reason. Like when you think about. <laughs> The, the artists that I've worked with, I've worked with Mary, I've worked with Jay, mm -hmm. I've worked with Jay-Z, I've worked with Rihanna, I've worked with Lionel Richie, right? I've worked with Patti LaBelle, i work with Ron Isley, i work with Future, i work with Gotti, you know, i work with Travis, i work with 21 Savage, i work with Kanye West, I work, you know, when you think of the names that I just gave you, this not happenstance that these people are who they are and where they are because they definitely have a vision for themselves that they're willing to give it all to execute to be where they're at and the patience and diligence involved because when you think about like say for example rihanna her career was like lightning in a bottle right her talent and she grew so big yeah. right from touching soil and moving but when you look at like an artist in feud like future yo he paid his dues all the way up through the process to be great Right. Mm -hmm. And then you look at like Lionel Richie, he's decades transcended to like yeah. now he's on. A, you understand, like yeah. decades. You, you know, there was he had hits before you were born. Facts. And he's transcended his his peer group to still be relevant in today's time. So, you know, it's not just about the records. It's also about the individual and how they also too want to apply and stay relevant in the market, in their art, and obviously yeah. to themselves. Yeah. How do you get, what is your barometer for excellence? And I ask you that because you've done so much. <laughs> you've worked with the best of the best. How do you gauge what excellence is for you? Or even like what your next level looks like from project to project or from position to position? 
You know, it's interesting. I've, and I had this conversation just over the weekend with, with, a, with a friend of mine, some people that I know is, you know, I just never woke up or went to sleep any day thinking about um, how much money I was going to make. Hmm. Only thought about and think about, you know, the best job I could do. And, and obviously when you're doing your best, that's the best you can do, but there's a comp- compensation for that, right? right? If you're an earner, if you're a real earner, and you're doing great, that means everybody does great and people compensate you. You're happy, they're happy, and it's even exchange. So for me, it's always about how I can um, maximize my talent and, and make my talent, my gifts, help others to get to where they need to be equally. Can you talk about just your ability to um, obviously stay true to how you've sustained in this industry? but also pivot and be flexible as the times are changing. You mentioned Lionel Richie earlier and how his, how his impact has just transcended generations. And I would say the same for you. I mean, we're talking 30 years in this thing. It, it's not an easy feat, especially as a black male exec to stay in and have the staying power you have. So how have you held true to the principles that have gotten you here, but also be flexible enough to, to move in the times as you need to? Two things you, you do, and you know, we hear this word a lot, but it's actually one of the pillars of my book, authenticity. You know, you have to be true to yourself. Like for me, my path was slower than others. I've seen people when I started, you know, the young, when we were the young generation, they were hot for a minute. You, we know those folks, right? They hot, they sexy, but they work isn't all the way tight, right? Yeah. They follow through isn't all the way there. Their commitment, you know, everything just feels like, yo, you being sold because they're not true to themselves or that's all they know. Um, And for me, the faith and, and dedication was always important of what I said I was going to do that I always do. And that, that'll carry you. And more importantly, in the business per se, is staying current on the information and staying with what's happening in the trends. You know, ideally you get old when you stop learning because hmm. you, you know, your universe is now what you know, not what you're learning. Hmm. I like that. You mentioned your book. Let's talk about it on impact, life, leadership, and betting on yourself. You know, you experienced a very traumatic event. Gratefully, we're still, you know, talking to each other right now. Could you kind of walk me through that? And also, you know, why, why did you decide at this time that this was the right time to really do this memoir? I was in a near-death car accident in 2014 where I hit a tree at 90 miles an hour. And in that accident, I sustained a level two concussion. That's when you black out between one and five minutes. L3, L4 vertebrae fracture, bulging disc in my back, lacerated liver that led me to lose half my blood supply. And we hit the tree so hard that it severed two feet of my small intestine. And in that moment, God put a book inside of me called On Impact, which is the pillars of my life that I live by, intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, connection, and teamwork. And at the end of the book, um, I put together takeaways called a hit list. So pretty much um, the reader um, has an opportunity to look at themselves and say, if Benny can do it, uh, I can do it too, because I can meet everyone at their level. I don't care who you are because I've gone from being intern to CEO and everything in the middle. So I'm not a, you know, uh, a happenstance kind of person. I know exactly who you are. I know exactly where you come from because I've been there exactly where you are right now and have, and we'll see your journey as moving forward. They often say writing is a cathartic experience. I, I would agree with that. Was there something about yourself that 
that you were made more aware of or that you just completely learned in putting this book together? I definitely learned that I wasn't vulnerable. Hmm. You know, for me, it was exposure. It was it was very therapeutic because, you know, growing up as a, a black man from a southern family, you know, emotions, we weren't big on that. Like we don't we didn't shoot. I don't even know if we cry now, but I know for a fact, you know, crying wasn't, you know, wasn't a masculine thing um, to say, uh, as well as expression, you know, expressing your innermost feelings. You know, that wasn't something we were. I was taught um, as well, or, or my friends or people around me. So going through this, giving people um, not so much the tea about me, but giving people a different um, perspective of me, which is my truth and sharing has opened me up to, to um, realizing how important and how invaluable and how therapeutic it is just giving information um, from a real personal level. Sam, a young person. <clears throat> who's just trying to to break into this industry. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist and I read your book and I got the ingredients in terms of, of me being able to be in the industry. I got talent, but I like some of the other things that are necessary to really sustain in, in this industry. And I read this book. What would you want me to come away with? If there's like one thing that you're like, yo, if she locks into this, she can skyrocket. What would that be? Broad stroke is... First thing you're gonna realize that it's not an easy journey, right? You're gonna realize how important faith, right? Faith in one's one's God and faith in oneself is what's gonna persevere. You're also gonna realize like, you know what? It's more than just having talent. You have to understand business because what's the purpose on, on having um, all the talent in the world to find out you don't make no money, <laughs> right? And also what you're gonna take away from here is how to plan. You're going to figure out like my life, why am I doing this? Yeah, this is my career. So is my career. I have to do a lot of different things. I have to plan for if I'm disabled. I have to plan for, you know, my retirement. I have to be able to manage, you know, my day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week, and year. And all of these things I show you from, you know, obviously working in the music business was was my main, was, was my planning. Uh, one of my plan A's, my second plan A was I started real estate because I did know working in the music business that there weren't any salt and pepper hair black men walking around. Mm. So that potentially would would be my outcome as well. So I planned for my exit. And you'd have to do that as a young artist because I started in the business, you know, in my 20s, 22 to 23 years old to be at this at this place in my life. So I couldn't be at this place had I not planned then. Mm. So you can't wait to um you get there to start planning I, I like that point you made because it seems that and this isn't an indictment on any artist but it seems like that happens a lot where that business isn't handled in the beginning record deals are signed and then people turn around they have some hits they turn around and say well, I didn't make any money um we when we think about the responsibility if at all that you know record execs bear in with contracts some of them get criticized well they should, why would they give them that contract and some people say well, it was the artist's fault they shouldn't have signed it you know do you think there's a there's a balanced responsibility do you think that it's just artists that really need to be sure that they're handling their business this has been such a kind of a hot topic and an issue for i don't know ever just kind of what is your overall take on that i don't know why we have expectations of people more than we have for ourselves hmm. <laughs> Right. Just because you're a good person don't mean the people you interface with are good people in anything in life. So, yeah, we're talking specifically about music. But if you go into to the bank 
going to get a mortgage, yo, they, they always meet you with a smile before they jack you with them high interest rates, right? You go to a car yep. dealer to go buy a car, right? They always like, yo, can I get you a glass of water and sit you in and turn it on right before they jack you up with them high interest rates, right? So just because people meet you a certain way doesn't mean they have their best interest for you. You have to do your homework. You have mm-hmm. to take the time and you also have to know where your threshold is where this is not what I'm willing to give up, mm-hmm. period, in life. So that folks want to, you can't blame the record company because they diabolical, right? You, you feel they <laughs> diabolical and I shouldn't, you shouldn't do this for me this way because I'm X just as such. Or guess what? Maybe you too early because mm-hmm. obviously everything is a negotiation. So in the, in the end, if you're not happy with your negotiation, maybe it wasn't time for you to give that up because mm. now in today's, today's market, as we started in the beginning of this interview, you can go straight to the store. Yeah. You don't have to go to a label, but if you want to go to a label and that's where you see yourself, then you're playing on their field. So now you have to play, you know, according to those rules or break them. But you can't be mad if you accept them, knowing what they were open, open and honestly. So I think with that argument, it's more about the individual to me on what their choices they want to make for themselves than it is about what people offer you than what you accept. Because obviously it's about your constitution. You know, yeah. there's certain things money can't buy from me. I could care less. I'm not giving it up for a dollar or a cent. I'm sure that you and this and that. So fame isn't a price for me, right? I'm not going to give me up for fame, right? Like I'm not doing it. I'm, you know, I'm cool with just being simple because I can look at the mirror and see myself and be cool with that. I can't look in the mirror knowing I'm going to sold myself out. I want to move to R&B music a little bit because I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, the, the R&B is dead thing comes up every you know couple years but when you when we look at r&b music i'm a big r&b lover myself do you see a a, a particular area of improvement that's necessary to get more records sold um or do you feel like r&b is in a good place and it's just not getting the exposure just kind of want to get your take on that on r&b as a whole right now i think the only people that say r&b is dead is people who love rap music (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, right? Like, it's general. Like, you know, R&B's dead, but all the UK acts make R&B songs and come over here and get hot, right? But yes, R&B's dead, right? The only people saying it is black. I mean, I don't want to say that, but like, why is R&B dead? <laughs> like, why is R&B dead? Because y'all like rap music, but you can like rap music and R&B music yes. and gospel music. R- Yo, if rap is popular, it's popular, right? But it doesn't mean it's one or the other. Right. Ultimately, you know, we're not monolithic. Uh, we can only be hot in RB or we can be hot in rap, right? No, no, it's not, it's not that. But but obviously, um rap has put the head out of all genres. So this, you know, being in at one point and even still like the biggest genre of music, so it has eclipsed a lot of everything, right? Yeah. Just because Rap music is big. You don't hear people in rock going, is rock dead? Right now, nah, they right. still make rock, right? Pop, pop is pop dead. Nah, popping, they're not going to let you tell you to say pop is dead. That never comes up. It's true. No one says pop is dead, right? They don't, right? And pop is, right? They don't. They find a place and they do. But with us, the conversation just becomes, oh, RB is dead. Well, 
no, we just have to figure out how to coexist once again yeah. in the space with different different appetites of what people enjoy. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking right now it comes to mind like crossover versus misappropriation. And you kind of hinted at, at, you know, UK artists, they'll take some R&B songs, bring them over here and be mega bazillionaires. Um, Correct. How, how have you kind of combated that in your own work? I mean, you, you have been responsible for a lot of big names here, a lot, a lot of great music, but I'm sure this is something that you've encountered in your 30 plus years in this industry. So how have you kind of just waded those type of waters where we're seeing this, this and to me, to a degree where it's like, yo, is anybody going to do anything about this? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> you know, it's so funny in, until rap like really exploded. Going back, obviously, three decades, I've been in meetings all, and this is when pop was huge. Hmm. Yo, you have to understand, we were always second class. The aspect that we earned money, but we didn't have, it wasn't, you know, didn't matter, right? It's, you're over there, you do that, that's cool. But pop was huge, man, if you really think, pop was the mainstream yeah. Source of music, right? I don't even think now Latin's about to come get everybody, right? So mm. let's be 100, right? In a minute. So 10, 20 years, this is going to be a different conversation on all of this, right? Because Latin mm. is going to be in a whole different, different, different space in domination. So what, what you realize is back to once again, it's just being convicted. If, if but my core competency is promoting. Um, R&B and hip hop, then I have to be the best at that in exploiting the music that, that these artists become popular because as they become popular, you actually now become more present and bigger. If yeah. we are about the people, so you want to say R&B is dead or at some point rap isn't what it used to be, then that means those apartments are going to shrink, right? So everybody, your, or, or, or your power base is going to change. So everybody needs to stop saying that and realize like, hey, listen, we're going to make this even bigger and better. That's the right. different way that we look at it, right? Because if it's bigger and better, we change the narrative. So now people will start saying, oh, no, it's bigger and better, right? It's, be it's better. It's, you know, it's on its way. All of those things. So now you change the interest and the mindset of everyone that now partakes and listens. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I obviously respect about you is, is just you as an entrepreneur. And we see a lot of artists kind of just ding, 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 light bulb, um, going indie or, or pursuing some entrepreneurial ventures outside of just being artists. When we think about the scope of, of independent music right now, what are you most um, excited about? I mean, I know you mentioned Latin music and, and how this is, it's, it's skyrocketing already and it'll, it's going to change the game in a way we, we probably are not even many of us who just listen to music aren't prepared for. But when we look at indie artists, especially Black indie artists, what is your take on, on, on where they stand and, and where you'd hope for them to go? I mean, if you think about it, Money Long has done an amazing job, right? Um, taking her time, um, started her career path from, from a non-traditional artist perspective. She was a writer, correct? Yeah. And, and uh, just shows, once again, it wasn't overnight success, but it's somebody who's committed to their craft. They're not in to go rent, you know, a Bentley or, you know, go on Instagram just in Gucci or however, but the short run response for people who are getting in the business, if all you want is hype, then that's, you know, that's just like candy, right? It, the flavor is real good, but it goes away fast, 
right? As opposed to having a stake that's going to sustain with you for a while, at least to hold you through, right? Yeah. Um, the, the value of sustenance. So I think what I look at with the independent perspective is those people who are serious about their craft, they're going to be here and they will too be the, the stars of the future because hmm. it takes a lot. You learn a lot on the path when it takes you five years to become anything that you've been working at. Yeah. <laughs> you've yeah. made a lot of mistakes and you got, and you have some, and you know what, you got some real wins and you more importantly, you have experience. So there's nothing wrong with time. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with time. Um, you're gearing up for uh, an inaugural conference. It's your time, speaking of time. It's going to take place in Charlotte uh, during MLK weekend next year. This is super exciting. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to make you give too much away, but as you're gearing up for this, um, what are some of the things you want to make sure that people take away and that you impart in this conference? So It's Your Time Conference is the live version of On Impact. What I've done is put together a um, an array of um, executives um, in the music business, um, some presidents of, of, of labels, some really prominent people. Um, I have uh, some some big local talent people. Arnold Taylor is actually going to be there. Um, he's a big and big big impact in the community, so I'm excited that he signed on um, as well. So what I'm offering folks is everything that we talked about in this interview. We're going to have a couple days of of live auditions Thursday and Friday. Saturday, we're gonna have panels, all kinds of panels wow. that, that range from uh, crypto, how to get in crypto and learn. We have, you know, we have real estate panels, how to how to win big in the Charlotte marketplace and beyond. Uh, we're gonna have hip hop and, and uh, uh, wellness uh, kind of um, uh, information. And we have some real good keynote folks that are gonna be there as well. And at the end, we're gonna give away $10,000 to wow. someone for them to bet on themselves. So mm. it's going to be um, super exciting. And, and once again, very educational. Wow. Wow. That, that sounds amazing. Look, I'm, I'm not an artist, but I want to go Benny. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to get you my ticket. The, you, need, you need to come for them. Yo, you need to come for the, yo, for them seminars. I'm telling you, the, 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 the game changing and life changing go to on, yo, it's your time conference.com. That's it. It's your time conference.com. And, and also the book, I want to make sure that, Again, the book just dropped. It's uh, Benny's first memoir on impact, life, leadership, and betting on yourself. How can people get this book, Benny? It's available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and wherever you buy your books. So wherever books are sold, how can people stay connected with you on social media? Are you a social media guy or are you just kind of like, just be on there a little bit? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> let me tell you, I was anti. Like I ain't return. I <laughs> Coming up, I didn't, I didn't even respond to emails, right? Like, so, but realizing once again, what you asked earlier, staying current in anything, you have to adapt. So just because I don't like to do it, don't mean I don't have to do it. Hmm. So I'm definitely a person that, um, and I realize the power of it. So I'm uh, super excited about learning it, changing in it, developing in it, you know, and creating a fan base in it. So it's, um, it keeps me once again active. It keeps me young, keeps me on point and keeps me um, very informed. So I'm that, that person, but all my socials are <laughs> at Benny Pugh and my website is um, BennyPugh.com. You guys, please do yourself a favor. Um, make sure that you follow Benny. Make sure you get this, get a hold of this book. Um, please sign up for the conference. 
I'm just like, man, if some these are this is somebody who has a level of experience and, and genius and is, is so open to serving and, and giving of that to others. And uh, I hope that you take advantage. I know that I will. Benny, thank you so much. It has been an honor. It's been a pleasure and uh, really, really excited uh, for all the things to come for you. Thank you. Well, after that conversation with Benny Pugh, I have so many thoughts, but I'll leave you guys with this one. As someone who is such an old school head musically, if you don't know anything else about me, you'll come to find that I am very much a purist when it comes to music. I really enjoy the writing, good writing, good musical arrangements, good production, real instrumentation, real lyrics. And I do feel like much of the mainstream music that we're being force fed right now doesn't incorporate a lot of those things. And it is a little unnerving to me. But on the other side of it, I understood Benny's point about, hey, what's popular is what the majority wants to hear. So in thinking about that, I thought like, why? Why have we gotten so far away from, in my opinion, substance that we're totally okay with and in demand for music that really doesn't provide that? And I'm still trying to get to the crux of that. For me, I grew up in a home where my father was intentional about playing music that incorporated really great writing and really great instrumentation and amazing singing. And I think somewhere along the line, some of those things got diluted. Now, please hear me. I am all for creativity. As a creative, I'm not here to judge or criticize anybody's creative expression. But I do think we've gotten so locked into trends and satisfying the very low appetites of the populace in this country and across the world that the level of intention behind the music that's being made, much of it on the mainstream level, I don't think it's up to par. When I look at some of our independent artists, some of our artists that would be considered more underground, especially in the R&B and hip hop space, I am enamored by their talent and also disappointed by the fact that they don't get the level of access that they should have on the mainstream side. So in thinking about all of this, I really want to renew my commitment to R&B artists and hip hop artists, especially those who aren't necessarily getting the attention and the accolades and the flowers they deserve in mainstream media. My vow is to give them a platform, whether it's here on Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole or my other platforms, is to stream their music, is to talk about them on social media, is to spread the word so that there's no more conversation around, as me and Benny Pugh talked about, R&B in particular being dead, because it's not. And I don't believe it ever will be. But to eliminate that conversation and also that possibility, it's also my responsibility as a creative, as someone who loves music and as someone who's in the media to make sure I continue to push the bar, to keep those names and that great music out here so that people have a balance and can see that there's a lot of talented artists that are out here. And there are. 
Shout out to every single person who considers themselves an artist, whether it's musically, whether you're a painter, whether you're a writer, whatever. Being a creative is a gift. It's a beautiful one. And it's one that we should all cherish and cultivate and make the most of and be super grateful for. So that's my thought, but also my commitment. But I want to get your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up, Instagram and or Twitter, same handle. That's at Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. I'm also on Facebook at Sheree Nicole Media. And guys, guess what? I'm also on TikTok now at Sheree Nicole. So share your thoughts with me and I'll continue to share my thoughts with you. Just a thought. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sharina Cole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Cherie Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Cherie underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. It's just a thought, just a thought.